0: I'm Noe Tanigawa, so glad you're here for the Aloha Friday Conversation. You know, I hope you're enjoying the summer of 2021. If we were standing on the shoreline at Waikiki right now, we'd see people shading their eyes and looking over the sand. The sun is glinting off the water and surfers are catching sizable fun rides out there right now. The sky was cerulean blue with little white puffies, I mean, fully better than HD the day I met with surf historian John Clark, right out there. Native Hawaiian, retired fire department chief. Clark has written 10 books about Hawaii shorelines and place names. We met on the beach across Kapiulani Bandstand near the slopes of Diamond Head.
1: Right now, we're, we're sitting uh, on the shore of Waikiki. and I think that the thing that most people don't realize is that Waikiki is actually a bay. And it's a bay on the west side of Diamond Head. And that bay was created by fresh water flowing from the inland valleys, Makiki, Manoa, and Palolo. All of the streams from those three coastal valleys emptied into Waikiki. So Waikiki Beach was actually a narrow barrier sand beach between The wetlands created by these three streams and the ocean. So, all of that fresh water created this bay, and at the same time, when it made the bay, it made these fantastic surf breaks from one end of the bay to the other. I love that picture. Waikiki means bubbling springs, and so it was named for the fresh water that comes up still. Till this day. Now let me just get back to the streams for one second. The streams coming out of those three valleys got trapped in the 1920s by the Alawai Canal. When the city fathers yeah. decided that they wanted to develop Waikiki as a resort, they knew that they couldn't deal with all of the freshwater uh, wetlands that were here and still have a marketable resort. So they elected to put in the Alawai Canal, which trapped all of that stream water and channels it off to the west of Waikiki. Oh, it comes out at the boat harbor? It does. It comes comes out right at the Alawai Boat Harbor. Uh There are still freshwater springs all along the shoreline here, and people call that freshwater intrusion where the springs actually just bubble up from, below you know, the bottom of the ocean. The surf spot that's just out in front of us right now is called Publix. And if you paddle out there, you hit cold patches and warm patches. Exactly. And every time you hit a cold patch, you're going through spring water that's emerging from the ocean bottom.
0: And then Publix is the break out there. What's this break like?
1: This break is excellent. When you're surfing, you either go left or right. Right. When mm-hmm. you take off on a wave, if you go to your left, then that's called a left break. The reef here at Publix starts way outside and curves all the way into the shoreline. And that reef forms one of the longest lefts, left breaks on the south shore. That's what Publix is famous for. It's famous for this dynamite left break. You know, I think you're
0: referring to a kind of ride that Waikiki is
1: about. You know, it's yes. that long, laid yes. back ride. Yes. Exactly. That's what traditional <laughs> surfing was all about. Long, laid back rides.
0: So different. So
1: different. The native Hawaiians, when they surf, that's what they went for. They went for distance. When they caught a wave, they wanted to ride a long ways. They wanted to ride from as far out as they could go, um, all the way into the beach if they could get that far. So a very different approach to surfing than what we see today, which is very sophisticated maneuvers, where you're using the basically the face of a wave as a canvas to perform.
0: You know, the summertime is the South Shore swell. It is. What is that swell like? What does it mean? <laughs>
1: The Hawaiian Islands basically sit in the middle of the Pacific, right? So during the winter months, we get storms up in the North Pacific that create all of our winter surf on the North Shores. During the summer months, we get the storms in the South Pacific that send waves to us. So basically, we're this group of islands in the middle of the Pacific that get surf all year around, either from the North of us or from the South of us. Ah, right. And what are these waves from the south of us like? Because they're coming from the southern hemisphere, and we're actually north of the equator, they have to travel farther. So they're usually not as big or as dangerous as the North Shore. The storms, uh, the storms up north of us are closer to us, so the waves have a much greater impact. Mm-hmm. One big cutoff point when you're choosing your spot would be is it a left or a right? Yes, exactly. Along this shoreline, what? You got a lot of options? You do. Uh, Publix out here is is known as one of the best lefts in Waikiki. Ala Moana Bowls at the other end of Waikiki is another famous left. When you come into the heart of Waikiki here, you have Queen Surf. Queen Surf is known as a right. So, every spot is really defined, at least initially, by whether it's a left or a right. Uh, (laughs) And then what? How far a paddle? (laughs) Yes, how far a paddle it is, and how crowded it is. And, and, you know, all of the reefs out here don't get hit the same by every swell direction. Mm. Um, Sometimes, if the swell direction is coming from a certain angle, they hit certain reefs better than other reefs. Oh, yeah. All of that plays into your personal spot selection when you're gonna decide where you're gonna paddle out. And,
0: and tell me, just sort of the etiquette out there, if you're a real noob, you don't wanna be.
1: <laughs> 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 Gee, there's a lot to that, because if you're going to the right, all these other people get on, or what? That's called a party wave. And in certain areas, party waves are acceptable. Oh okay. Like right here in Waikiki, the famous beginner spot there is called Canoes. It's straight out from the Moana Hotel. Yeah. Okay, Canoes, and it's called that because the Outrigger Canoes catch waves out there Exactly,
0: too. you can get mowed down by actual uh,
1: canoes there. You, you don't want that to happen. No. That would hurt. That would hurt. Canoes is also where all of the beach services take their, the beach boys take their lessons. So it's accepted it. out there that yeah you have a lot of beginners and that every wave that comes through, everybody's going to try and catch it because everybody wants to get a ride and that's where all the beach boys are with their lessons and they're pushing people into these waves. So you might get 10 or 15 people on one wave just riding straight towards shore. (laughs) I know. So that's a party wave and that's acceptable. That's acceptable at that surf spot.
0: Don't you think that is more how how it was done in the old days. Parting
1: waves. Oh, yes it was. That was partly determined by the equipment they were using. Back in the old days, the traditional days, the boards were really heavy, made out of coal. They were long, they were heavy, they didn't have fins on the bottom. You can't steer that kind of thing. No, it's hard, it's hard. (laughs) It's very hard to steer. So, everybody would catch the wave together, and they would basically just glide towards shore, just like an outrigger canoe would. So, party waves were the norm, but today they're not.
0: Do you know anything about that beach boy culture that that there might be a wisp of left? Oh, the beach
1: boy culture is still here.
0: (laughs) Okay. John Clark should know. Author? surf historian, avid Paipo border at Publix. And when we return to our chat, Under the Banyan Tree with John, he's going to share Beach Boy stories and one historic ride.
2: <laughs> ¶¶¶¶¶¶
0: Gabby Pahinui singing about Le'ahi, Diamond Head, Kaimana Hila, on the theme of Waikiki. If you think music, chances are you'll eventually hear Robert Casimiro's voice in your mind. He and his brother Roland reigned at two of Waikiki's signature venues, the Monarch Room at the Royal Hawaiian Hotel and the Waikiki Shell. Robert and Roland graduated from Kamehameha Schools. Their parents were entertainers, and they fell in with guitarist-composer Peter Moon. In 1969, their trio, the Sunday Manoa, released a cornerstone of the Hawaiian Renaissance. It was called Guava Jam, and this is the opening track.
3: You know, at first, especially when it comes to the Sunday Manoa, I don't know that we really had uh, uh, an idea of what it was we were doing as much as, it was just a lot of fun. We were having a lot of fun, and then when along came the uh, the, uh, the Renaissance period that uh-huh. happened, like, you know, right around that time, the ending of the sixties into the early seventies, and and we were a part of that that coming out of uh, now being more proud of who we were as Hawaiians in all different aspects of it.
0: Well, with uh, the Sunday Manoa, you.
3: That, that group just busted the whole thing open
0: because yeah. you put together um, so many different strands yeah, that became you know, had, the Renaissance. And
3: Peter had his style, and Roland had his style, and then together we kind of like melded it to make it uh, our style at the time, which really had the opportunity to take off and uh, and be a part, therefore, of the the Renaissance in the latter part of the se- 70s. And then by the time we started with the Brothers Casimiro it was a time of reinvention again without us really— knowing how we were going to reinvent. And that kind of thing happened as it went along, you know, songs that we were going to do, how we were going to do them. We received a lot of um, uh, respect and and, and love and honor because of those very formulative years. And uh, Waikiki, no matter where you are in music, especially, though, in Hawaiian music, it's going to have to take you to the... You know, the palace of Hawaiian music, which would be the pink palace <laughs> on the beach at Waikiki. <laughs> well, it's almost faithful because, I mean, you sang Royal
0: Hawaiian Hotel on that first Brothers Casimero <laughs> album. <laughs>
2: Kamoena. We, we started
3: at the Royal in 1982 uh, Started the Brothers Casamara in 75 So it took us seven years before we found, finally got there And really, we sat down one day and John said Okay, look, uh, this is what's happening uh, We might have an opportunity to move into the Royal Hawaiian Hotel And I was like, I don't know if I want to go to the Royal Hawaiian Hotel And, you know, right. and so he Why? Because it just seems so foreign It seems so tourist And we had always been performing for local people Uh and he said no you know people need to know that no matter where they're from especially from Hawaii that we can go to Waikiki and feel comfortable about it and uh, and you know and eventually we learned how and I must say it, it taught
0: me a lot yeah Talk to us about how your repertoire changed because you went in with this
3: solid repertoire of traditional music. Yes, we did, yeah. You know? And, you know, and in, in, in the old Sunday Manoa days, we would start our show off by saying we will not be doing songs like Tiny Bubbles, Pearly Shells, Blue Hawaii, and pretty much all those were staples for the Waikiki <laughs> area. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to go back to my little grass shack oh. or uh, Night in You in Blue Hawaii. Thank you, Elvis Presley. Eventually, what happened was you move into the royal. you start on what you know is you, and then you realize that you have a different kind of audience and that you know things shift according to how you can make sure that what you're doing is an experience, not only for the audience, but for yourself as oh. well. And so in that way, it, it, it exploded a bit more, and it really gave Roland an opportunity to, to get out there because he was a rock and roll guy yes exactly (laughs) roland was a rock and roll guy look at his albums right pele yeah you know that pele album to this day i thought it was so genius when he first uh let go of it and you know he had asked me to be a part of it and the the so-called traditionalist that i was at the time i was very apprehensive about being a part of that album too but (laughs) in retrospect today let's play one thing by him sure What, what should we play i think for me i always go back to destiny
2: Was it love, or was it destiny That brought you home again to me Dreaming so long, for a love long gone Without you Waiting for you, so impatient you hear your voice singing in the breeze, waiting so long for a love long gone without
3: you. I tell you, this is just a little secret wish of mine. I I would love to sing his songs with my voice. Uh, And I I thought about that for years. I, I just also want to say, too, that, you know, we were really lucky, Roland and I, to be supported by such great people in the industry and in the community. Because we were upstarts at the time, you know, and there were a lot of, especially the kupuna, who were not very happy with what we were doing. Even my own auntie used to scold us. She'd call the radio station and say, who are those kids? And then she'd call my mother to say, what the hell are your kids doing? You know. But again, okay, I know what this is, what I'm trying to get to. My point is the fact that, you know, you choose a career thinking that you've chosen a career. And what we found out after quite a few years at, at it, I would say about 30 years, what we found out is that, that it actually chose us and that with that choice comes a certain obligation to keeping it alive, to keeping the memories of those who supported us all those years mm-hmm. alive, to remember what they said, to mention their names, to tell the stories, because Otherwise, it's real easy, real easy to forget. And that's why even like this program is important, mm-hmm. Noi, right? what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I've been teaching halal too, because that's been exactly. such a part. Uh, in, in 2025, we'll be 50 years old. It's the halal. The halal. It's going to be our golden anniversary.
0: Oh, gosh. Okay, let's talk about your halal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because you had this life in Waikiki, and maybe you were considered an upstart by traditionalists at the beginning, but... Throughout this you carried a very strong you were developing a very rooted knowledge through Mikey IU and your hula
3: yes, practice. Yes, it was really something that I hadn't expected but was totally grateful for. And if it really wasn't for Mikey, I would not have any of that to this day. Mm. And one of my biggest supporters besides my kumu was, of course, Lena Alaini mm-hmm. Kalama, you yeah. know? And those first group of guys, exactly. 15 years old, <laughs> listening to me, telling them what to do and actually doing it. You
0: know, my, my,
3: a- right? my, Mikey oh. used to come to some of the practices and she would say to me, do you have to swear at them like that? And I was like, yeah, I gotta, because they're not going to listen to me. So <laughs> I've got to do this like that. And that they stuck with me and that they've stayed this long gives me the opportunity to say that I I have learned to be a teacher because of my students and because of the people that have helped me.
0: Well, we were looking forward to seeing your Halal in 2020. <laughs> yes. I mean, you guys were just busting tradition yourselves because normally you only come to Mary Monarch every ten years. But right. hey, five years early you were coming.
3: I know. And then COVID came along <laughs> and said, no, no, no. So we're going to go back in 25 to celebrate our 50th year. Okay. Yeah. And then after that, you know, I, like I said, I, I don't know what I'm going to do just yet. <laughs>
2: Kauka o ka alama, o gule hua gule ili ma kani le ae. O ka kumakani, ka kano e au o ulu, kamana me me no na kam.
0: The men of Halau na Kamalei and their kumuhula, Robert Casimero. They took best overall the last time they performed at the Merry Monarch in 2015. We'll go deeper into the music with Robert Casimero later in the show. After a visit to Hana.
3: Support for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors, Bavarian Motor Experts, and Chaminade University.
1: You're an HPR listener, which means you're smart and you care about the future of this station. We want to know your thoughts. How can we serve you better? What would you like to see more of? We're currently conducting our audience survey. We'd love your input. Check your email inbox for the invitation or head to our website, hawaiipublicradio.org slash survey. It means a lot to us and as always, mahalo for your support. Support
3: for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company.
0: We're leaving Waikiki for just a moment to drop in on a very different world. Johnny Oliveira is branch manager for Maui Economic Opportunity, MEO, in Hana, They run a key transportation service for Hana Town, population 782. You'll remember Hana is 620 curves and 59 bridges from Paia and the rest of civilization. But who's counting, right? Oliveira grew up in Hana. Her mom's mom is from KNI. Her mom's dad is from Hana. I asked Johnny what it's like to have such deep roots in
4: Hana. Oh, it means a lot to me. I thank God every day that out of millions and millions and millions of people that I was blessed to be, you know, chosen to live in Hana. You know, not too much of us can say that, but mm. I I am truly blessed. Hana is such a special place. I'm amazed, you know, a small town like us, you know, we're used to kind of being the last to receive Things, But ohana, we got through a majority of vaccinations done in a very short amount of time. So that was a good thing to experience.
0: Do you feel, Johnny, I mean, you folks at Maui Economic Opportunity, you see people's lives. How has it been?
4: Well, I'm thankful that we were still able to operate. We still ran our In Hana shopping shuttle, which is also for doctor's appointments or whatever you need to have transportation for to go like to the store, to the post office, to the library, to the, you know, doctors. And that's five days a week, Monday to Uh Friday. And we also do the shuttle to Kahului, Monday to Friday, unless it's a holiday. And we go out there for a few hours, everyone has their appointment set, they know how our times run, and then we head home around one o'clock. Is that Um,
0: mostly kupuna on there or is it like the whole community gets on that shuttle?
4: No, but we have a lot of kupuna, but it's for the whole general public. You know, with summer school, it was a challenge for some students to get to school, so we assisted with that. And so, yeah. Hmm.
0: Yeah, how, what has it been like for the kids? Has it been kind of a beautiful summer, extended summer vacation or what?
4: Yeah, you see families down at Hana Bay just to get out of the house, be in the open air, someplace safe. You know, Hana Bay is that place where we all can go and, you know, see each other, even if it's from a distance. And so you yeah, are back in school now. It's kind of like, oh, you know, (laughs) I never finished my homework yet, but they like go swimming. Now it's like, no, you're not probably your homework. (laughs) So they're kind of like, oh, you know, back to (laughs) that schedule. But they get to see their friends, a lot of friends that they didn't see throughout the whole pandemic.
0: What's the day like today?
4: I woke up this morning to rain, which to me is like, Yay, rain! You know, I hear of other parts of the island. They got a ration, what water use they use. So this morning was like, oh, rain, because we need our rain. You know, we don't want too much of it, but we need it. Yeah. Like for our company, MEO, we all have been working from home. And I've I've been blessed, you know, with an awesome staff in Hana. There's four of us, three drivers and me. We have an awesome team. And that always helps the program run smoothly yeah? when we can work as a team, communicate, be flexible, accountable. So, so we're oh. all working from home, you know, but our program and shuttles have continued as usual, as normal.
0: Well, Johnny, I love what it takes to provide that reliability your staff has has to be flexible has to be committed to getting the job done it's called kuleana Mm
4: -hmm. exactly and you know in Hana we all know each other they feel comfortable because they know all of us and even if they don't know us in no time you know we try to make everyone feel comfortable and even if you just moved here you come on any you meet people very fast (laughs) That's where you can meet a lot of people. <laughs> then you'll start seeing familiar faces in town. Yeah. I've seen that happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's a real estate boom on Maui now. Are you seeing a lot of new faces?
4: Um, I see a lot of new faces, especially like at the post office bank. It's so like you see people going there and it's like, oh, they must have a post office box here. They must live here. Or they're going to our bank, so it's like hmm, they must live here, you know. Cause in Hana it's real rural, so you know, like growing up, I felt I knew everybody here in Hana. But now it's like you can meet someone and they can say, "Oh, I've been here a couple years already," and I'm like,
0: "Oh." Yeah. And do you know what percent of you in Hana are vaccinated?
4: I know for sure majority, because I know that a lot of people went through Hana Health. Are a lot of businesses still closed in Hana? Well, like, some were starting to open, but I think now they have to maybe shut down again or limit again because of, you know, the governor's announcement, um, which is understandable. You know, we're, we're blessed to be in Hana, but yet we are all one in our state, yeah? So we all pray for each other and keep each other in mind, yeah? So, and I I thank you for the opportunity for sharing and thinking of Hana.
0: Always. Hana, don't stop. Johnny Oliveira is Hana Branch Manager for Maui Economic Opportunity. Her three grown children still call
2: Hana home. On this island, I found a way
3: Over 40% of HPR's music programming hours are locally hosted. But what do you do if your listening schedule doesn't line up with your favorite show? You can stream many of our shows on demand. Enjoy the latest episodes of Bridging the Gap, Latin Beat, The Early Muse, Connie Kapila Sunday, and more. And dive deep into the archives too. For the full list, head to our website, hawaiipublicradio.org.
0: Let's get back onto the beach now with author, surf historian, John Clark. We met on a glorious day last week right on Waikiki Beach. I know the traditional beach boy concessions, you know, offering surfing lessons, etc., at Kuhio Beach have had to change their business models. And I was really worried the whole scene would just disappear. But, you know, there's a need.
1: Still oh, here. the beach boy culture is still here. It started in the late 1890s there were a group of uh, Native Hawaiians here on the beach that formed a little hui, and they started giving commercial canoe rides. That was in 1897, actually. And then right at the turn of the century is when the hotels came. You know, the Moana in 1901, Hale Kalani in 1917, Royal Hawaii in 1927. As soon as the hotels, the big hotels, arrived on Waikiki Beach, that's when the Beach Boys really started to get into action. And that's when all of the beach services started forming. The Beach Boys are there in the middle of all of that, you know, servicing the clientele for the hotels.
0: Offering surfing lessons. And canoe rides. And canoe rides. Yes. Ah.
1: So right at the turn of the 1900s, that's when it all starts to happen. What was the biggest
0: moment for that, do you think?
1: That continued right on up until World War II. World Mm -hmm. War II kind of put a stop on everything. And then the Beach Boys Service picked up again after the war, when the beaches were reopened, that kind of thing.
0: Right, and then they had a real heyday with all the stars coming in, right? Sure,
1: all of the movie stars. And then you get into, um, you know, statehood in 1959, yep. right? Yeah, right. So statehood focuses a lot of attention now on the Hawaiian Islands, and Waikiki just really started to expand.
0: Who are some of the people that kind of come to, to mind in terms of beach
1: history in Waikiki? Certainly we have to go back to Duke Kahanamoku was among those original beach boys. He was born in 1890. Oh. By the time the Beach Boys are organizing, he's mm-hmm. already in his teens and early 20s, mm-hmm. and he's in the middle of it. In the early 1900s, the Outrigger Canoe Club forms, and then Huinalo forms, and, and Duke is part of the Huinalo crew. I've got
0: to find out one of these days how he ever got to the Olympics off of the beach here at Cuyo Beach.
1: You know, I, I read an article that quoted Duke on his style of swimming, which was a crawl stroke, a freestyle crawl stroke. And he said that Hawaiians used the crawl stroke before they ever saw it anywhere else. But traditional Hawaiians used it to body surf because they didn't have fins. So they developed this overhand crawl stroke freestyle to catch a wave and body surf it. Oh. That was his explanation of his style of swimming, and it wasn't something that he learned outside of the Hawaiian Islands. Makes sense, actually, because you've got to pull hard at that point. Yes, you do. He was not only an exceptional swimmer, but he was an exceptional athlete. He was big, he was strong, he had a powerful kick, he already used his version of the freestyle, so. When he started competitive swimming, he was just blowing the other guys out of the water. The race courses that they did for competitive swimming back in the day, because they weren't in a swimming pool, they were just straightaway races. In other words, there weren't any walls, (laughs) there were just buoys, Uh and there weren't any turns. When people realized he was doing all of these amazing times, you have to realize that he was doing them number one in a boat harbor. Just... In a
0: chop. For yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Whatever the conditions were, right? So when he actually got into a swimming pool, a tank as they called them back in the day, he was into fresh water and having walls where you could make a turn and push off. So his times got even better. Duke Kahanamoku, of course, Olympic swimmer one of the, the stellar personalities here in Waikiki. Now, he was famous for a ride that went for over a mile.
0: Oh, come on. And
1: straight out from Publix, okay. straight out in the blue out there, you can see blue water way on the horizon.
0: Oh yeah, the darkest blue.
1: The darkest blue out there, there's a surf spot that's called Castles. The Hawaiians called it Kalehuawe. They had their own name for all the surf spots. Uh Duke caught a wave in 1916 at Kalehuawe, at Castles, and he rode it, it was a left, and he rode it all the way into Waikiki Beach right in front of the Moana Hotel. Oh, no! And surfers till this day try to duplicate that ride. A few of them have done it, but you have to have a, a perfect swell that's, that's lining up and super big, right? It has to be really big, and it has to be lining up just right, and it has to connect all the way through to the heart of Waikiki Beach. Oh.
0: John Clark, retired chief with the Honolulu Fire Department, former city lifeguard at Sandy's. The beach. <laughs> Sandy's is where John Clark started writing books to reach swimmers before they hit the water. Native Hawaiian, he's authored ten books now about Hawaii shorelines, beaches, and place names. so excited to talk with Robert Casimero about Waikiki. He and his brother Roland held the Monarch Room at the Royal Hawaiian Hotel for a dozen years. On the other end of Waikiki, for 30 years, they staged extravaganzas that remain to this day the last word on celebrating May Day in Honolulu. Listen now. For their version of "Kaimanahila" (Diamond Head), it features Elizabeth Meheula with her sons Robert and Roland, the brothers Casimiro. I mean, they just come in like angels with their mom. In the album "Waikiki, <clears throat> My Castle by the Sea," you do yeah. that amazing song "Kaimanahila" yes. that just like takes a tour of the of the coastline. So, yeah. you know, can we just look at the song? And can, yes. can we talk about it a little bit more? Yes, later? we can do
3: whatever you wish.
0: <laughs> like Ka'alawai.
3: Alawai? Ka'alawai. Ka'alawai. Ka'alawai Shores. They could be talking about the Alawai Canal. Yeah. And, and gaze oh, sure. up at the grandeur of old Diamond Head, so majestic. Unless it is the name, an oh. old name of an area around there, you know, because the rest we know. Ivaho Waikiki, Ivaho Maki Island. Iwaho.
2: I can't get a
3: an island that used to be in the park before before they drained all that water out to make uh, the alawai and then to make it the park. It used to be all waterways before Kapi'olani Park was.
0: Oh, and the song Maki Ailana is yes. talking about Maki
3: Island, yeah. right? Yeah, the, the only thing that remains of that island to this day is where the elephants are at the zoo. That was Maki Island right there. And all around it was marshy or, yes. or just yeah, uh-huh. water. And so people Maki. would, you know, row to get out there. Uh, uh, to Alawai. And Ainahau, of course, was the home of where Princess Ka'iulani and her mother and father uh, lived, Archibald Claycorn. Always do not crack and stuff if, you're, if your okay. thoughts I was, I was are... It was always a really lucky thing for me. That, that, it, it stuck with me all those years. And then, of course, eventually I went for private lessons with my, our dear Neva Rego. Oh. who was our, our, our teacher, both Roland and I, uh-huh. for years. And I was taken there by friends of mine who were already students of her, Kaipo Hale, Suzanne Kaupu, and uh, Les Sabalos. They were all oh, students of wow. Neva, and they were the ones who took me to class there. It helped with my breathing, but it also helped me to to s- sing with the breath in a style called bel canto. So it was pushing it out, and that was really helpful in helping me sing for so many years. It, it put me over a different level. It said
0: Royal Hawaiian Monarch
3: Room. <laughs> yeah, you know, and then and then to, to Carnegie yeah. Hall yeah. to perform there, and 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 then eventually to many different places, mm-hmm. uh, you know, around the world, too. And um, so this voice has been very, very kind to me, very kind to me.
2: Oh, Beach Where the moon shines on the sand And the beach boy surfing The show the girls side by side
0: You know I love the song Kuhio Beach yes. right there
3: where you folks yeah. were. I fell in love with the song I love because, it uh, from long time ago, you know where the moon shines on the sand. Now I have to say that yes, the moon is still there. So too is the sand and Waikiki, but it's different. It's not what this song is talking about. And that was the kind of thing in those days and before our time that would bring people to Hawaii. They would want that romance. They would want that Hawaiian uh, uh to, 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 to fantasize. That loveliness of, 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 on the beach and guys coming in from the surf and, and the, the local boys over there playing ukulele. And anybody can join without any kind of fear. Or, or even to know that if you go in that water and something is wrong at least 10 guys are going to come out there and help you you know <laughs> right. not just stand on the beach 10 handsome and, look guys. At you, like, like, yeah. and most of them were gorgeous brown brothers you know? and oh. of course that's not to say that they weren't pretty sisters there either yeah. Right? <laughs> but yeah so Kuhio Beach for me uh, made that Ho'omea Ness happen in my heart Did we talk about those young years? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> I was out there having too much fun. I mean, you know, no. we were eating and drinking and ending up at um, um, uh, Lique Lique Drive In, you know, with all the other entertainers in the world. Either that or we'd all end up at some Chinese restaurant with Don Ho.
0: Oh, yeah, where? Makali Chapsui. Oh, Maca-
3: girl. <laughs> You know, yeah. Don was always at Macaulay. and he would order like he was expecting people to walk in. So you got whoever walked in, he said, "Sit down, and eat." Hey. You know. <laughs> We were performing here at the Royal, but Loyal was over here across the street. And right next to her was Melvine Lead. And if you went down a little bit further, was Nephi Hanneman. Oh, you yeah. keep going, and eventually we're going to meet Gabby Dem somewhere along the line. And then we all end up at Don Ho's, either in those days, either at uh, Duke Onomoku's, uh in the International Marketplace, or then after that, he moved to the Hilton Hawaiian Village, the dome. Yeah. Everybody knew that you're gonna end up together and all these entertainers would end up that we all knew each other. It was just that kind of way. Oh, and what a so, wonderful so, scene. Yeah, so when the young kids say to me, is it really true that you guys would run across Kalakau Avenue to go see somebody else? I'd be like, we used to cut our shows short so that we could <laughs> be there to sing with Loyal Garner at the, at the end of her show. Let me be there in the morning. One of those Hawaiian songs that were adopted, you know. But yeah, and 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 it was that kind of a community that we had, you know. And then Don, you know, to see Don Ho and Don was all, boy, what a nice. It's hard to talk about Don. Wow. You know, he was he was he was such a a man of many different facets, and it was really difficult sometimes for other people to believe that he was such a centered. Centered in being local and we were accused of this too that we had forgotten where we were from Okay, Noi, you know, I'm from Kalihi. How can you ever forget that you're from Kalihi? That's ridiculous <laughs> a, a, a pure moron would have to believe that, you know, they're going to Waikiki now. They're, they're not like us anymore, you know And, and so we we had to fight to do even better mm-hmm. in, in order to uh, to gain that respect and, and to gain respect, to let people know that we're local mm-hmm. and that we embrace it and that I am so proud. <laughs> I am so proud to be of this land. I am, I really am.
0: Those may days just they were we're just an all-out. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, people, exactly. <laughs> you know,
3: I mean, I'm sorry you guys had to pay because we would do this for nothing. But I mean, somebody <laughs> got to pay for all those millions of flowers that were put on that stage.
0: Exactly. Oh, my flowers. God. I know. It
3: was ridiculous. You know, so it, um, fun. Everybody would try to go early. Yeah. And everybody their... shares food. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's something that I used to love. Right. You could be, come with nothing and leave so full with change in your pocket.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's wearing lay. Every year was such a major production, like with the laser lights and the, you know, Know, video and whatnot, yep. you'd expect to see John DeMello come flying by on a wire. you know, Yeah, absolutely. Actually, what up.
3: he did is he tried to put Allah on that and she refused. <laughs> so, you know, we were lucky enough just to get her to walk up some stairs, I'll tell you. But yeah, they, I mean, so for us, Waikiki, you know, from Diamond Head to the Waikiki Shell to the beach itself to all those hotels and all the way out, you know, theaters and, and opportunities. Is there only one version recorded of Waikiki? By Roland and I, you uh-huh, mean? Yes, yeah. just that one. Yeah.
2: There's a feeling deep in my heart staring at me just like a dog It's a feeling heavenly
3: Yeah. Amazing. It took us a while. You know why? Because I always had this uh, thought that if it's been always done classically already, and I mean, really, could anyone ever beat Marlene size yes. rendition of Waikiki <laughs> but when we were at the Royal it took on an even more special meaning back in those days exactly. and to be able to sing that song and to be you know it would look right out on the beach yeah which were most of our friends and family members were on the beach <laughs> at that second show watching what we were doing so yeah it was always uh, just a special moment every single time
2: I miss that now
0: Robert Casimero, and to Roland, Brothers Casimero, have you been to Waikiki lately? It's pretty spectacular. Jeez. Well, we can listen to the polished recordings and really get no sense of the wicked fun of a Brothers Casimero live show. So here's a sample quick one, plus the white-knuckle version of Waikiki hula.
3: This is another song called Waikiki, but it is written about a young boy who lives in a district called Kevalo, down where Fisherman's Wharf is today, and the lunch wagons. <laughs> the lunch wagons. I know, that sure sounds good now, yeah? Mixed plate lodge, Mixed plate large. Mixed plate, large Ooh, with passionate macaroni juice. salad. Right on, bro. Ooh. We'll go eat after this show. Anyway. Um, Let's go eat now. <laughs> good night, folks. Here's-
0: Mahalo, Brothers Cats. Hey, remember with all that energy, Chinatown cleanup tomorrow, Saturday. Meet at the Downtown Arts Center in Chinatown Gateway Plaza, 9 tomorrow morning. Lots of fun and bonding promised. I know from recent experience that cleanups are really rewarding. And hey, that's it. For this Aloha Friday, thank you so much for being here. And you know, somebody actually left me a note on the Talk Back line. It was so much fun. 808-792-8217. Call anytime. Or email talkback at org. Comment anywhere, all the social media places. Or visit the conversation page on the HBR website to listen back to these shows. This program is produced all week long by Savannah Harriman Pote, Russell SubiONO, and Lillian Song. This theme music is courtesy of Gypsy 808. I'm Noe Tanigawa. Oh, yeah. Join us Monday. Catherine Cruz will be here to pick up the conversation. Until then, go outside. Let's take care of each other. Hey, have a happy Aloha Friday.